You're listening to a Bored to Death Hero Cast, talking superhero anime and other hero fare in easily digestible chunks. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to the Bored to Death Hero Cast. I am Jay, being joined by Sam. And we are here to catch up on two episodes of My Hero Academia Season 5 in dubbed. Well, I'm here to catch up on it. You uh, got got a little bit impatient uh, before the dubs dropped and saw these two episodes subbed. Yes, I did. Because you love My Hero Academia and you couldn't wait. <laughs> no, I couldn't. It just it gets in, enraging that I just I just want to watch it. I understand. Um, I don't fault you for that. I'm still the one with a fresh set of eyes here. Uh, so we are still in the middle of the Class One A versus One B sort of mock battles. Um, we've seen Shinzo make use of his brainwashing technique, making use of his new uh, face mask thing to alter the way his voice sounds without it going through a speaker system or anything, because going through anything like electronic like that removes his quirk from the equation. So, basically, that makes his, his quirk a lot more powerful. A lot more viable, at least. That, too. Um... Well, yeah, probably more viable is a better term for it. Uh, now He still can't do anything, like, make them do anything he wants them to without it being too simplistic. If he can do it, like, hey, tell me this or that, but if it takes them to do... If it requires any, any more uh, complex thought, then they can't do it, yeah. Because he did explain how his quirk works so that his team was aware. But... Uh, it also, you know, his he and his team made good use of his quirk uh, because it ruined One B's team, it kept them from being able to communicate with each other because they could no longer be certain whether or not they were actually hearing their teammates or not. Once they realized it, yeah. Once they realized what he was able to do with his quirk, they were like, "We can't." Now we have to uh, be more careful because he can imitate our voices, and. So, yeah, there's that going on, and now we're going to be moving into the next uh, mock battle. Uh, This one is going to have, well, at least according to the blurb for uh, the first episode, Darkness versus Darkness, Tokoyami and a member of uh, 1B, Kuro Iro, both have, like, darkness-themed or related quirks, so that's going to be interesting to see. Um... I believe we've also got Big Fist, uh, Tendo. Kendo. Uh, oh, Kendo, that's right. Uh, is on the 1B's team. We've got uh, Anamanapia and... The Mushroom Girl. The, and the Mushroom Girl. And on 1A's team, you know, we've got uh, Tokoyami, as I said. We've got the... It looks like Invisible Girl? Yeah. Uh, Yayirozu and uh, Aoyama. <laughs> the Can't Stop Sparkling... <laughs> Uh, guy. Nope, sparkling cannot be stopped. Uh, yeah. Can't stop sparkling. It's the twinkling. twinkling can't be stopped. <laughs> or, you know, he's really got to come up with a better hero name. That's just <laughs> hilarious and way, way too much. Uh, but from, because while we were waiting to get started, I did take a peek at the, at the descriptions for the next few episodes, including the, the ones that aren't, aren't yet dubbed. It looks like the, 
this uh, second match is going to take two episodes to complete. Yeah, both of these are two episodes. I think all of them are going to end up being two episodes per match. Okay. Uh, or at least we'll see the next match start and then, you know, cliffhanger, and then next episode you get the actual match kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, not really a whole lot else to add to this. We haven't yet hit on what the overall what the villain theme for this season is going to be too much yet we saw the beginning of it with yeah. uh dobby and hawks uh with hawks presenting himself like he's a sympathizer to the league of villains but is actually uh working with the government to try to find the the, the like the nomu the nomu labs because people are still pulling the strings yep. not just uh all for one yeah all so for all for one is in prison but the Doctor is still out there. We don't know what other uh, leadership figures there are in the League of Villains outside of All for One, uh, Shigaraki, and uh, or Tomoro Shigaraki, uh, and uh, the Doctor. We don't. There's got to be others besides that. Oh, yeah. but the Doctor is certainly one of the other ones besides Tomoro that for uh, sure is a significant threat, but. It doesn't look like we're going to be touching on those too much over these next few episodes. It's mostly just still going to be like in the background kind of kind of stuff. And with Endeavor uh, also struggling struggling with his position as the number one hero and realizing I've made mistakes that I need to make up for. <laughs> you know, and I'll give them I'll give them credit. They're actually you know with that they did make Endeavor. Far less of a jerk ass. It's like where he's more he's complex. more self aware. <laughs> he's more complex than just jerk ass dad. And then just jerk ass dad. I want to be the number one hero. I've got to surpass all might. And if I can't do it, then it's going to be you, my offspring. Not any of the rest of you. Just Todoroki. Just Shoto. Shoto. Um, but yeah. So I think that about sum, sums up this uh, intro. So, we'll be back after this two-episode binge. Hello, and thanks for listening. While we're binging, please give us a like and subscribe. If you want to reach out, do it via our social media on Facebook or Twitter at BTD underscore BingeCast. The Board to Death Clan is part of the CKCC radio family, including J Bunny's Music Hub, The Race Nerd Podcast, Real Paranormal Talk, Ranking Tracks, Motivational Moves, The A-Show, Park Hopper 101, and The Nerd Table. Please consider supporting CKCC Radio on Patreon so we can continue to bring you podcast content. And now, the binge is done, so let's get to the discussion. And we're back. Um, something we'll go ahead and say now. Um, from what's what we can tell on the... Uh, on the Funimation app, the next two episodes are going to be both from uh, match uh, three of the 1A, 1B things. So what we are likely going to do is uh, do this as a once every two weeks sort of thing, at least until the matches, until the uh, 1A versus 1B arc is finished so that... Uh, we can see the entire match rather than having to be like stop partway because cliffhanger. Uh, so we can get a more complete sense of everything that's going on. Uh, with that in mind, uh, though, so let's talk about match number two, uh, Momo's team versus Kendo's team. 
And they pointed out, and this is something I had momentarily forgotten until they brought it up, uh, Kendo and Momo knew each, kn- knew each other from the internship that they did with um, I can't remember the, um, the snake lady. I can't remember her name either. One uh, of the pro Obami? heroes. Oh, oh. I forget Owami. her name. I what? I think it's Owami or something like that. Yeah. Um, the one who has the snakes in her hair. Um, and who d- does a lot of like modeling for like commercials and ads and things. And had the two of them taking part in those things as well, getting them a lot of fans. What is it? Uh, Uwabami, the That's snake it. hero. I got it partially right. Um, and the two of them are still friends, uh, but Kendo pointed out that the it's, it, it's sort of typecast them in a in a in a way uh, that they sort of pushed them both into a box. Like they compared it to idols in uh, you know, which is a which is a big thing in Japanese sort of pop culture, and how that a lot of people assume that a lot of idols of the same type have the same sort of interests. Interest. And personality and stuff. Yeah. And Kendo sort of expressed that she wants to be be her own hero and not keep getting compared to or lumped in with uh, with uh, Yairozu. And in that same note, we had two uh, other two students whose powers were dark themed, with uh, Tokoyami and his dark shadow versus Kuroiro and his. Well, they just called it dark, but if anything, I would call it shadow stepping. Pretty much. Because, as, as it's explained, he has the ability to merge with any shadow and move freely within it, but the shadows need to be uh, continuous and stationary. But he also said he is... They have he has upped his uh, ability. He has, he has upped his ability, but... Uh, he'll take over. So he can manipulate those shadows to some extent, but he still can't, like move from one patch of shadow and jump into another one that's not connected to it. It's There still needs to be that connection between the shadows for him to move between them. Which makes the battleground that they're fighting in with all those pipes and, and everything basically the ideal environment for him to... Literal move, playground for him. To move around in. But the episode opens, uh, or at least episode... Uh, was this like... Episode 4 of... Of the season opened with Aizawa asking one A students, you know, what they learned from their from their match. Uh, well, no, it's episode five, episode five and six. Okay, mm-hmm. my my mistake. Anyway, um, basically asking them what they what they learned from you know from their from their match, like what weaknesses that they that they spotted, and most of them basically did point out the. Uh, things that they got wrong or areas where they need to improve. Uh, you know, the Sparky is the only one who <laughs> was uh, basically like, I, I see this as an absolute win. I didn't, <laughs> you know, sort of thing. He didn't. Uh, oh yeah. He, he's, he, but then he's, but then he's a bit of a ditz anyway. So <laughs> well, he also got criticized by Azawa saying, Hey, why did you only get serious at the end when your friends were in trouble? Mm-hmm. Why weren't you serious the entire time? Then again, then again, this is Aizawa we're talking about, who is always serious. Though he makes a really valid point. He does, but I'm just saying he... Would they have gotten caught if it wasn't for him just not taking it seriously? Right. And Vlad King kind of did the same same thing for... Except for he just said, you all failed. Well, yeah, but... uh... Who are you you leaning on? 
this one more or that one more? When you should have been working more as a team. He has a good point. Phrased it badly, but had a good point. That's why it's one B's teacher instead of one A's. Mm -hmm. And one A, uh, you know, it was pointed out that a lot of one A students, especially the ones that were involved in the Shia Hasaikai uh, raid, uh, got a lot of experience and uh, were able to develop their powers a lot quicker on the fly because they'd had a lot of lot more combat experience to that extent. But uh, everyone then starts making strategies and uh, trying to come up with team 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 plans. For their own matches, Monomo especially goes right up to Shinzo. Is like, let's start strategizing. But it's really just him just talking to himself, while while Shinzo's just sort of staring at him, and the rest of Monomo's team is just like, oh god, here he goes again. <laughs> uh, I think it was one A was like, is he talking to himself? Well, no, but you could see oh, see yeah, the rest of his the rest there. of his of Monomo's team is just standing there with like the little gloom lines over them. Like, oh god, here he goes again. I was like, do we have to listen to his ass? Why is why does it have to be Kendo not anywhere in this team? Yeah, because Kendo is like the team is like this the big sister of uh, of One B. She's the she's the class rep also. Um, and anyway, when match two uh, got started, we uh, Tokoyami uses dark used dark shadow to do some recon because he's fast and can go pretty much anywhere he needs to especially in broad daylight like they were fighting in when uh, he when, when he can control him better and that's unfortunately when Kuro's just sort of like and here's my chance and he showed how strong he'd gotten because he hijacked Dark Shadow yeah, yeah and Dark Shadow's like apologizing but he can't stop you know Kuro from just lashing out he's like he got me mm-hmm. like oh okay let's just blast him with and some light so then yeah then they had uh Toru, I can't remember her her last name, but the Invisible Girl, uh, because her quirk is actually like bending light. She ma- she uses it to make herself invisible all the time. I think she's just always invisible. She can't help that. But she can then use the, the, that light quirk to to refract to refract light and basically flashbang <laughs> and forced uh, Kuraiiro out of out into the open, and then. Tokoyami uh, confronts him. We, then we got a flashback because he worked with Hawks twice. Once during his internship, when he was struggling just to try to keep up with him. Yeah. And also when it, it, you know it was revealed that he was mostly just used to with the other sidekicks to help clean up after Hawks had uh, apprehended criminals because <laughs> he's, he's just, just zooming all over the place doing this, and they're just catching up you know arresting the uh, criminals and, and turning putting, them in yeah, turning them in and then having to clean up more of what he's captured uh and hawks had you know straight up told tokoyami you know i brought you along because you you know you were one of the top three people at the ua sports festival uh that was only kind of like 20 percent though uh it was 50 percent. i wanted to ask you about the USJ attack, you know, with the League of Villains. And, yeah, Tokoyami didn't take that very well. He admits, I learned nothing (laughs) during all that time. But then when he uh, came back for his work study, again, invited by Hawks to do it, he uh, showed, you know, how much he'd grown because he'd learned how to use Dark Shadow and uh, to fly, 
I'll get a little bit of a glide because he used him as like a helmet. And oh, that's right. Gloves. It was more gliding than than anything. And Hawks was actually impressed that he was it's like, he was sort right. of ca- catching up, just sort of like, hey, you got more potential than I thought. And then uh, basically taught him how to use uh, Dark Shadow to fly. And the way he does it is actually pretty smart because, yeah, as you said, he sort of like grabbed onto Dark Shadow and was using him more like a glider, but then using his cape to give him that that shadow to sprout from and then give him more uh more freedom of move more more freedom to move around uh then you know he's able to fly and so and that was something that kuro iro was not prepared for i don't think anybody was yeah and everybody was kind of uh impressed by that but was that you call it the dark abyss fallen angel yeah no dark dark no it was a dark abyss dark dark fallen angel because he's an edgelord gotta add all the darks and because oh Kuro we should note is just as much an edge lord as uh, Tokoyami, if not more so. <laughs> he was talking about how the two of them have a destiny you know, in darkness, sort of thing. It was just like I was like, wow. <laughs> but um, Kuro's uh, whole scheme was not so much to try to fight him face to face. That was all just a ploy to get him, get him focusing on, on him so that he could slip around and try to separate. Uh, class 1A's team. And he started by going after uh, Can't stop Aoyami. <laughs> A- 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 Aoyama, rather. And then uh, Tokoyami was like, yeah, no, you can't uh, stay away from me that easily. And so he grabbed him. Uh, Aoyama released his uh, sparkles to light up the area, force force him into, into the open. A naval buffet. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, Kom- Komori, the mushroom girl, is just sort of like, and eh, mushrooms for everybody. <laughs> it, That's because they, they got him out into the open. and This was plan B. <laughs> yeah, plan B was, okay, we'll know if they caught him or got close to catching him when we see a bunch of light. Because they're, that's how they're going to force Kurohiro into the, into the open. And then it's mushroom time. Yep. On everything. And that rolled into the next, into the second episode, because um, Komori basically has the ability to spawn mushrooms, because she's producing spores from her body like constantly. And then she has uh, like little like misters to like hydrate them. <laughs> I wonder if those are misters to hydrate or to spread her spores further. Probably, maybe both. Because it be, could, could be, be both. a uh, support item. Could be. Um, but it, I didn't see them attached to her, but it did have like. A little like squeeze ball on the back, almost. Yeah, but that could just also be the water. True, could be a tank for the water. But the thing is, it's not just one type of mushroom that she grows. It's any oh. any kind of mushroom, and she has control over which ones can spawn. We find um, that out later. We find that out later. Yep. Uh, and then Manga, the onomatopoeia guy, <laughs> who has the head that is basically a speech bubble. Speech bowl with a comic on the front. Well, his, no, but the comic, the, com- the, the comic on the front is is his costume, part of his costume. Yep. But his head is a speech bubble. And he can basically, using his voice, create the, like, the onomatopoeias and stuff from like comic books and, and things. But the words will actually manifest and then have that effect. So he's causing like explosions and make a giant wall to separate Momo. 
from the rest of her team. Because Kendo wanted to t- try to take out what they saw as the team leader, the strategist of the team. Not a not an unreasonable plan. And then we got, like, Brains versus Brawn. Because <laughs> Kendo, Kendo's big fist ability is pretty strong. We didn't realize how strong until she started fighting Ken, until she started fighting Momo, who's oh, yeah. who's producing like tungsten shields to protect herself and Kendo is denting them with with her punches. She annihilated the first tungsten, one. Tungsten, in case you don't know, is a very strong metal. And she, and after the first one got knocked away with ease, mm-hmm. she's like, "All right, screw this. Three. She makes three of them and Kendo is still just like Hammering away like spamming punches like crazy just with the because uh, she knows that the drawback to Momo's ability is she produces these things from her body and it takes her she time she has to think about and she has it to too. think about what she's doing uh, and that takes time so she's like if I keep up the attack you don't have time to think because she's they're still basing this off of the sports festival which when, is, that was, must be a centuries ago essentially well in how much in, practice they've done but bear then. in mind that was only like a few months ago for them Sports festival? Yeah, this is this is still during their first year. Because uh, All Might made a comment about how they're coming up on the end of the year. End of the year? I thought this might have been second year. Um, I don't know. Because they've had summer. I But I don't know how the school year works in, mm. in Japan. I don't know if it starts in September and goes through the spring like it does here stateside. Or if yeah. they start in January and it goes through the end of the year. With just like a break, also with like it, summer break in in between. They also mentioned it was a uh, winter too. So, yeah. so I, we don't know enough about how the Japanese school school year works. To feel feel yeah. bad for for Invisible Girl out there in just gloves and boots for until she's not even in that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really hope that they can find a way to make her a costume that works with her quirk. Kind of like uh, Lemillion did, where they basically took they his could, hair. But how, how would you use hair that you can't see to make outfit? Well, you let her let her grow it out. Um, she wears her gloves, to, and it's just like, all right, I've pulled it back into a ponytail, and then you chop <laughs> it off, and then hope that the hair is then visible when it's... And this is under the theory that she can grow hair? This is a fair, fair point. Um... You know, there's a whole lot of questions that brings up that I don't want to think about right now. <laughs> uh, at any rate, um, so but Kendo's uh, just spamming attacks on her like crazy, uh, trying to you know wear her down. But the thing is, Yayorozu is smart, and she's while she still does have some confidence issues, she is fully capable of still thinking uh, thinking ahead. And she does. She basically just let Kendo wear herself out or go to town while she made a fucking cannon. <laughs> she likes making cannons. And everyone was just like, holy God, oh my God, is she going to try to kill her? And it was like, nope. She then fires the cannon off into the distance. Well, Kendo first thought that she was going to fire it to break the wall. Right. Uh, and we should note that even uh, Aoyama was having trouble using his naval laser to punch through it. Oh, he couldn't even scrape it. Mm-hmm. And at any rate, uh, she fires the she s- swings the cannon to get Kendo to back off. Fires the cannon and launches something over the wall. And then 
when Kendo comes in for the moves in for the kill, she then basically spawns a bunch of ropes out of it. We don't see till we later. don't see what happens until later exactly what happens from there. Uh, because then we go back to focusing on uh, Aoyama and uh, Tokoyami, who catch Yayurozu's lucky bag. <laughs> and is this a is this a loot drop? <laughs> yeah, that was the thing that uh, Tokoyami had said. Uh, Tokoyami, you're a gamer, I get it. And then it, then we sort of cut back to uh, Komori as she's just chilling in like a dark spot in the uh, in the battleground, spraying spraying the air with uh, her little misters. And Kuriri pops out of the pops out of a oh, shadow. We can't forget that the uh, Automatopia guy made the moisture and the wet. Oh yeah, that's right. He to he, completely cover to um, make it to make the mushrooms grow grow faster and completely cover Invisible Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, but then the, it turns out that the loop drop. One of the things that they had in there was ethanol, as basically to sanitize themselves, <laughs> so that there was nothing for the no mushrooms, mushrooms to grow to grow off of, and. Invisible Girl basically douses herself in this stuff. Well, I think they all did, but she doused herself in it, took off her gloves and boots so that you, they couldn't she see her at all, through. and then Manga's just like, wham, getting creamed by her. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is oh, he's weird getting battered choice around. Of words. Yeah, what? When a naked girl's going after somebody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she's just pummeling him like crazy with her... With her fists and everything, as he's just sort of lashing around, and you can see like the speech bubble on his head being like, "Ow, what? Where? What?" <laughs> it's a hilarious little moment. Um, and one and, time when he she gave him a big old punch, it was hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and but back with Komori and Kuroiro, she's all like very happy that, to let her mushrooms grow and give mushrooms to everybody, and. There was a definite sense in their interactions that he kind of likes her. <laughs> yeah, I think he really likes her. Well, they, I mean... They kind of also pair up real well. Yeah, because, you know, mushrooms grow very well in dark places. And he is very much at home in dark places. Um, but, yeah, like, the way he was talking with her was just sort of, like, very sort of hesitant and, like, hey, uh, Komori? <laughs> Yeah, uh, and he also did like internal monologue yeah. about how he's so happy that he impressed her. Yeah, that was that was that was another thing. But then he suddenly like, uh, Komori, do the do they know where we are? <laughs> do you think they know where we or are? can see us or something? Do you like think that? they can? And then suddenly we see Tokoyami come flying in wearing thermal goggles that <laughs> Hirose had made. That was part of the loot drop. Because now, with that, he knows exactly where they are. Especially built for his head. Mm-hmm. And so she had to have had this fully, purposely planned like Realized that. in advance. <laughs> like, before the match. Mm-hmm. And before the, dynam- the dimensions of his head, with the beak and everything. Which further proves just how smart she is to keep that sort of thing in mind. Yeah, how far ahead she thinks. And, uh... So he swoops in, and between him and Dark Shadow, he, they capture both of them. He traps uh, Kuroiri in his cape. He just like drops the cape on. He's like, "Yeah, well, here's some shadow for and you." And then just scoops up the cape in like a ball because then he's like in the shadow, but he can't escape from that shadow because he can't connect to anything else. And uh, Dark Shadow has just caught Komori in his arms, 
And then uh, Tokoyami starts coughing. That shit gets real. Because she, uh, Komori had basically used, uh, had some a particular kind of mushroom uh, that she hadn't spawned yet. Well, she had spawned. But she she was like, I'm not using it. And, you know, gonna the use way it on, she wants to use it. Uh, and she basically, well, he inhaled some of the spores. And it's like in his lungs. She spawned like those big tree mushrooms. Like the shelf uh, yeah. fungus. Stuff. In his esophagus. And so he's like hacking and coughing like crazy. Because there's and, barely any and, air can go anywhere. And Kuro Iro's like, you should have knocked her out. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. like a really nasty way to get, get caught. And then uh, as... But, but then back with Manga and Invisible Girl... Suddenly, Kendo's hand comes out of nowhere, grabs the invis- in- invisible girl, basically figuring, guessing where she was based on where Manga was, and Kendo watch those hands. Yep. <laughs> well, then Kendo uh, reveals, yeah, she was all tied. She was partially tied up by Yayirozu, but she got knocked out. But Yayirozu had fused herself to her cannon, <laughs> and still had the ropes tied to her. And so she's like, it's they were actually still coming out of her when she got knocked out. Yes, yeah, and so basically, it's like I'm sort of stuck with her. <laughs> but class one B wins, and but even then, you know, everyone's like class one A did a really good job anyway. <laughs> uh, even like I think the, some of the one B students were admitting were admitting that, and especially the teachers were all like, you know, they except for Vlad. Well, Vlad because Vlad is just very much partial. About, <laughs> yeah, that was a running gag through, running gag through the whole thing that uh, everyone was like, "You're being, you're being really unbiased, uh, re- being really biased here, demanding that he be more, uh, that he be more impartial." <laughs> it was like, uh, but yeah, did you think that would be the outcome? I th- I did think we were we were going to see uh, some back and forth with this sort of thing. Of it course. is it is going to be like tied to a piece. I think by the time we get to the final match, which is going to be Deku's team versus Monomo's team with Shinzo on, on their side. Um, and if I remember correctly, Deku's team has him, Ochako, uh, Mina, and Great Boy. Because the four of them were all sitting together when they yeah. were talking strategy. Um, and then she's trying to come up with like super moves and... Yeah, and back, that's another thing. Back during the st- strategy s- session, while everyone's talking, uh, Bakugo's team tries to go talk to him, and he's just sort of like, just stay out of my way, nerd! So like, we need to get on the same page. The page is, you're staying out of my way, and I'm going to blow him straight down. Because this is Bakugo we're talking about. And that's another thing. Um, there was there was like a... to win their fight. There, that's another thing. Um, he needs a humbling match. Oh, yeah. Um, and I suspect we'll probably see that. <laughs> Uh, he's in match number four. Aw. Because match number three has Shoto, and they made a point of separating the three strongest... The uh, three that are going to be... Three the, heavy, the three musketeers, as it were, of... That's going to be in the next... Uh, headlining the next movie. The three musketeers? No, the, the the third movie is the three of them in their hero outfits. Oh, nice. Um, so that's something for us to look forward to. But, um... But... And th- there was, uh, during all this with uh, Tetsu Tetsu, <laughs> you know, he's, and he, and yeah, there was, there was like an article that was written online somewhere. I only saw the headline for it, but I saw the headline. I'm like, yep, I agree with that. I don't really need to read it, read it, read the article. But somebody basically said that Tetsu Tetsu was the 
Bakugo of Class 1B. In, in aspects of loud, but I don't think in he, that In much terms of, of attitude, yeah. Like, I think he's confident, but not to the... But not overconfident like Bakugo is. He is, he is like Bakugo if he had teammates in mind. He is like Bakugo if he had self-awareness. Because he, he was always complimenting all the different people in his class, saying, Kendo's been working really, really hard... She's been strategizing, trying to do stuff, did a lot of things. She's like the big sister, class, of, big the... sister of a class, keeping everybody in check, making sure everybody's doing good. Yeah. Um, he's a, like a much more positive Bakugo. Like can Bakugo get, if he actually... Him it's like Bakugo if, he's, if he actually gave a shit about people. Let's trade Bakugo <laughs> for him. What I would... think if that, if that would be an interesting thing, like what would have happened... How would things have been different if Bakugo had ended up in class 1B instead of class 1A? Um, and you had Tetsu Tetsu in Class 1A in, instead. It would have been a much more interesting approach, I think. But then we wouldn't, we, we shouldn't have two hardening boys in the same class. This is true. We'd have to trade him too. But, um, there's a good couple of episodes. Uh, next one is going to be, uh, Shoto's team against, uh... Literally called Match 3. Yep, and... And then Match 3 conclusion. Some they don't all need to be you know over the top like make it happen Shinso, <laughs> Operation New Improv moves and stuff foresight, make it happen Shinso. Clash Class A versus Class One B, all hands on deck Class One A. Don't, don't you love the picture? Yeah, Bakugo <laughs> just screaming at everybody like normal. Yeah, we're looking at the uh, thumbnails on uh, Funimation here, but yeah, it was a good couple of episodes. Um, Next couple are going to be match three, and then presumably the next two will be uh, match four, and then we'll finish it off with uh, match five, uh, and presumably by then the villain arc will pick, I'm wondering pick if up again. During match five, in between, is going to have some like a little bit showing more of what the villains are up to. I think that's going to happen. Probably, if we don't get some development in between, uh, in between some of the match fights. But yeah, that I think is all really. We didn't get too much here. We got a little bit of backstory uh, or sort of filling in what you missed with uh, Tokoyami and his internship and work studies, which is fine. We don't need to go full in-depth on a whole lot of that stuff. It's nice to know their abilities and their names, mm -hmm. their hero names. Uh, and seeing you know, like how they came to learn these new techniques in some, in some cases. But uh, that, I think, is going to wrap it up, unless you have anything else to um, add. Early predictions of next match. Um, I think... I do think that 1A is probably going to win the next one. Um, although I could just as easily see 1B wins this one, but then 1A wins match 4 before we get the, uh, the deciding match between uh, 1A and 1B with uh, match 5. But I don't really know. It's because I don't. I'm not as familiar with one one B and like who all's on what team uh, to know uh, what we're going to be dealing with. So I couldn't really say. Got to put down a hard prediction. All right, fine. One <laughs> B is is going to win match four. One A will win match. Match three. I think we are going to go back forth, back forth with it. Okay, so we'll go back forth. Got it. 
and then, but as for who wins match five, I, that's a little What would be too... the deciding factor in the next match? Or who? Shoto. Because <laughs> he is so... Re- we saw in the preview, you know, he basically like covers the entire battlefield with ice. He actually didn't do just like he did with that norm, like in the uh, sports festival. Looked like he made a ring. Just maybe to trap the uh, the other team in, inside. But I do think, well, Tetsu Tetsu's in the next match, so presumably we'll see what else he's learned with everything. But, uh, yeah, I think that's about all for this for this uh, edition of the Hero Cast. Uh, so. That's it. Then, for Sam, I am Jay, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Plus Ultra! Thanks for listening to the Board to Death Binge Cast. Be sure to check out our library of past podcasts via CKCC Radio or via our YouTube channel, and give us a like and subscribe. We'll see you after our next binge.